When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Tudor's Dynasty Podcast. Welcome to another week of This Week in Royal History, where we visit different time periods in history to discover interesting people and stories. I'm your host, Rebecca Larson. As the daughter of Frederick II of Denmark, Anne of Denmark came from the perfect pedigree to be a future queen consort of Scotland, but one wonders if she ever considered she'd also be a queen of England. Anne was born on the 12th of December, 1574 in Denmark to King Frederick and Sophie of Mecklenburg-Gustro. The royal couple already had one daughter and had hoped for a son and heir but instead were gifted with another daughter, Anne. It would take three more years for a son to be born, and his name was Christian. A childhood in Denmark allowed Anne some closeness with her family. Anne's mother even nursed Anne and her siblings when they were sick. In late 1589, Anne set sail for Scotland, to wed James VI. But the sea had other plans. After several attempts to make the voyage, Anne's ship continued to get pushed back to the harbors. Progress seemed impossible. Out of frustration, Anne wrote her future husband and said, We have already put out to sea four or five times, but have always been driven back to the harbors from which we sailed. Thanks to contrary winds and other problems that arose at sea, which is the cause why now winter is hastening down on us and fearing greater danger. All this company is forced to our regret and to the regrets and high displeasure of your men to make no further attempt at present, but to defer the voyage until spring. The marriage of James VI and Anne of Denmark has never been portrayed as romantic. But that autumn in 1589, James was anxious to be with his bride and grabbed some ships and surprised her in Oslo, Norway, where her fleet had been pushed to. When James arrived, he stormed in and went to lay a kiss on his future bride. No, I'm just kidding. Not that kind of kiss. What he tried to do was a common Scottish custom of kissing upon greeting, which Anne was uncomfortable with. In the end, she relented and realized it wasn't the worst thing that would happen between herself and James. 
In May 1590, in a silver carriage, Anne was crowned Queen of Scotland at the Abbey Church of Holyrood. This was the first Protestant coronation in Scotland. James and Anne had several children whom we still discuss to this day. Their eldest, Henry, died prematurely, but was one of the potential victims of the gunpowder plot. His sister Elizabeth was the figurehead for those plotters, and their younger brother Charles later became King Charles I. Anne of Denmark, Queen of Scotland and England, died at the age of 44 from dropsy. She was buried at the Henry VII Chapel at Westminster Abbey. When we return, you'll learn about the niece of Marie Antoinette, who may have been poisoned. She may have lived a short life, but Maria Antonia found a way to get noticed by the history books. Born on the 14th of December, 1784, she was the daughter of Ferdinand IV of Naples and III of Sicily and Maria Carolina of Austria. In October 1802, at nearly 18 years old, Maria Antonia married Ferdinand, Prince of Asturias, heir to the Spanish throne. The marriage was politically arranged, and her elder brother Francis married the prince's younger sister, Maria Isabella. Named after her mother's sister, Marie Antoinette, Queen of France, our Maria would not have the same fate as her aunt. Or did she? While officially, we are told she died from tuberculosis, some of her contemporaries believed that she was poisoned by her mother-in-law, the Queen of Spain. Dun-dun-dun! And however short-lived her life may have been, it most definitely left a mark on history. And of course, that mark was through drama. When we return, we'll look at a man who was as unsuccessful in marriage and obtaining the French throne as Henry VIII was. Who could it be? Born shortly before the death of England's King Henry III, Charles, future Count of Valois, was born to Philip III of France and Isabella of Aragon. He was their third son, and at that he was given the counties of Valois, Alicon, and Perch by his father. His sister Margaret's marriage to King Edward I of England in 1299 was the best match of all of his siblings, but Charles wanted power too. As the third son, Charles was not likely to succeed in France and attempted to take thrones elsewhere, including Aragon, Naples, Constantinople, and the Holy Roman Empire. He was as lucky in collecting kingdoms as he was in his marriages. Charles married three times in 1290 to Margaret, Countess of Anjou, with whom he had seven children. Then again in 1302 to Catherine I of Courtenay, titular Empress of Constantinople, with whom he had four children. And again in 1308 to Mahat of Chatelon, with whom he had four children. Throughout his life, Charles was a son of a king, brother of a king, and uncle to three kings. The French throne was almost his, but he died on the 16th of December, 1325, 
during the reign of his nephew at the age of 55. Three years later, his son succeeded as Philip VI of France and began the Valois dynasty that ruled until 1589. To be a child of an emperor is arguably the top of the royalty charts as far as wealth and power goes. A marriage to a daughter of an emperor was an extremely desired prize. Eleanor of Austria was born on the 21st of May, 1653, to Ferdinand III, Holy Roman Emperor, and Eleanor Gonzaga in Regensburg. In 1670, our Eleanor of Austria married King Michael I of Poland and Grand Duke of Lithuania. Eleanor became pregnant twice, but they had no surviving children. Eleanor was well-liked in Poland and accompanied her husband on official travels through the country. King Michael died three years into their marriage, but the cause of death is questionable. Was it food poisoning or was it murder by his own generals who were unpleased with his reign? After Michael's death, Eleanor remained in Poland for at least two more years. And in 1678, she married again to Charles V, Duke of Lorraine, and they resided in Innsbruck in Austria. They had six children, though not all survived to adulthood. Eleanor died on the 17th of December in 1697 at the age of 44, outliving both of her husbands. She was buried at the Imperial Crypt in Vienna. And that concludes this week in royal history. Do you love listening to the Tudor's Dynasty podcast? Well, if you do, you can show your support in many ways. First, you can become a patron on Patreon for as little as $3 a month. You can also leave a wonderful five-star written review of our podcast on whatever platform you listen to us on. You can buy Tudor's Dynasty merchandise. You'll find links to that in the show notes. And lastly, you can share our podcast with your friends. Share it on social media. Tell everybody about it. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you again on Tuesday. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Tudor's Dynasty podcast. You can follow and support the Tudor's Dynasty podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon at Tudor's Dynasty.